towards an area that I want to talk about in one of our first segments. Okay. Nice, yeah. Who, I feel um, warm. Who, yeah. <laughs> who did the summary? I was responsible for the summary this week. Word. Did, did, and, I, and I did it. Okay. And I did, and you kept promises made, promises kept. Word. That's gorgeous. Um, but before I do that, what's up? Welcome to Smite Me, the podcast where we read the Torah and decide if it's good or if it's bad. Um, and so far, I'd say it's about 50-50 good, bad. Yeah. But some some weeks have really... Last week, it really performed. I was going to say, yeah, its performance has been very... Um, it's been it's been better than I thought it would be. Like, we're, they, yeah. it comes out with some punches. Back in high school, they called the Torah Mr. Clutch because, you know, when it was game time... He was there. When he's he getting beat up by a by a Bible and a Book of Mormon. I'm just picturing <laughs> yeah. the Torah in school with a bunch uh-huh. of other like the schoolhouse texts. rock version of like all the holy books. Like yeah, how a book becomes a religion. So I'm <laughs> I'm There's curious what, in that in that metaphor. Like what high school stereotype would the Torah be? Are we looking at a jock? Or are we looking at sort of like Ayani middle management? A jock. That's what your go to. The Torah is the jock. Um, as to what like a nerd? you think the one half rules book is the jock hall monitor i feel like yeah the Torah is kind of a hall monitor i don't know uh, I, I can mean... see it or like a campus monitor you know what i mean like one of the like school staff people who like i don't know if you guys have this like drives around in a golf cart and like a windbreaker okay, slight, kind of oh, yeah of course slight aside yeah. i know we've started but i just got to get these two things off my chest uh number one what is an ra i didn't go to college that is. I've been hearing a, a lot about them, and I'm about there. What if, when if, why have RAs been coming up in your life, man? When you're sitting down at the corner store, <laughs> man. It's a rue. What does it even stand for, Josh? Resident advisor. It's it's the it's another student who's typically older than you that's tries to be sometimes tries to be cool in your friend, but ultimately is allowed to write you tickets for drinking in the dorm. And they're like in charge weed. of your floor or your part of the hall, and yeah, they like help you do orientation stuff you're supposed to ask them questions if you need help with stuff and yeah they also usually write you up for drinking unless you're popular nerds okay yeah good they're... to know um the other i'm thing... curious i gotta know what the second thing is if it's the first things are yeah right. no this is more of a statement i just i learned what a wedding registry is this week oh wow what bliss oh. you were living in you didn't know about that yeah i didn't know that when you get married you just ask for stuff from people did you yeah, finally you know, get I think it's kind of it, like it kind of makes sense. No, I I mean I'm not I'm not hating on it. I'm not I'm not making any other statement other than that I would feel super uncomfortable assembling that list and even more yeah. uncomfortable sending it to someone. I feel like what's uncomfortable about it is like you reveal your own self-perception pretty directly. Like here's how expensive of a coffee machine I think I ought to have or like here's what kind of I don't know. I don't even know what you put on a wedding registry, but well, because I was thinking, like, what I'm not getting married, but like, what would I put on there? And like, the only things I can come up with are like consumables, like 
bass strings and guitar strings and like I could use some cables because it would be nice that even though I'll have to pay for these things for the rest of my life, maybe once I don't. But I I think also like the wedding registry, oftentimes it's like a very specific website that has like coffee makers and like specific things and like not cool yeah, it's like a genre associated with itself. your hobbies. No, I mean, I, th- I think uh, since it's my cousin who's getting married on Sunday, I think I'm going to get him the um, rainbow six set thing of chopsticks that he wants. Is you know? Rainbow isn't Rainbow Six like a Tom Clancy thing? No, like it's six pairs of hashi oh. or chopsticks, and uh-huh. they're in the colors of the rainbow. Got it. Yeah, I thought it'd be kind of funny if there were like Tom Clancy chopsticks. Yeah. Why would there be Tom Clancy the author? Yeah. Like if he released branded. <laughs> branded well, no, he's branded like chopsticks. Yeah, we're like so we're I'm so sorry, out, I'm sorry, out I in got... the tangent universe right now. But Tom Clancy basically <laughs> licensed his name to a bunch of video games like loosely based on the books where it's basically just like playing a SWAT team or something. And one of them is called rainbow six. Okay. Just like the chopsticks. I prefer a, my salmon rushdie spork, but Oh my God, I would, I would buy that <laughs> anyway. Any who's a... <laughs> anyway, you want wow. I'm so sorry. Welcome you to smite me. A, a, oh, a podcast yes. about um, chopsticks. This is Ayani. My, co-host and the producer of the show i'm so sorry that was horrible producing no no it wasn't i think we're doing great it, it was producing at all which is i think what we needed um and i'm josh hey josh josh is a journalist he's a really fun guy and you should read the stuff that he does except for when it's about corporate espionage what oh no that's especially, <laughs> no, especially yeah, i don't <laughs> read all I, of I like want to write about that i don't even i'm not well sourced enough to be honest uh, gotta really kiss some ass for a while until you get yeah let's get let's get you into that field yeah um you know i actually um i had he i promise he'll never listen to this so i'm comfortable saying it but i had a friend from high school who i sort of lost touch with and then he became like a huge finance dickhead in new york and then i thought of reconnecting with him just to like get in on like what kind of you know like crazy drugs and weird clubs and stuff like finance guys go to what uh what's his name (laughs) 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 um flurful derfelman Rinky dinky tinky too, Junior. <laughs> right on. All right. Does yeah. um, you know, we're all introduced. We're all here. We're all Should feeling we loose and feeling we're all throbbing with words to say. With potential. Oh boy. So yeah. you know, speaking of potential, let's. Should we get into what uh, what we did that would have gotten us potentially smited? I'm ready. I mean, I think mine. I I think it's possible that you might you guys might share it. Um, and we haven't recorded since. This happened, but mine was definitely finding out that the president of the United States has a deadly illness and being very excited and, and out, outwardly <laughs> expressing my my hope that he dies. Um, yeah. And it's it's twofold. It's one that I – one sin I committed was like hoping another human being dies. That one I'm not so concerned about. But two is that I thought I believed he was going to die. Like I, I for like a day I thought he was going to die and I turned into like – what I hate, kind of, I don't know. Like, like there were people who, when he was getting impeached, were like, yeah, it's Mueller time, baby. Like, this guy's going to get right. him. And I was like, you guys oh, are yeah. dorks. But you got to remember that the worse, the worse the leader, the longer they live, always. Yeah. There's something weird about their bodies. They, they just last. But yeah, it turned me, it turned me into a Trump freak for the day. Right. Into like a politics sports fan. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, that's pretty horrifying. But also then it just, I mean, this isn't a podcast about Trump, but then it just turned him, the drugs have had a result on his body and his his brain where I'm like, glad he didn't die. Oh, because like now he's on Molly. <laughs> yeah. He's just on Molly all the time, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. God, you know what I can't wait for is like 15 years from now when like the real under wraps stuff about the Trump administration starts coming out. Oh, that's so that's yeah. Because it's like we already know a lot. And so if we don't know it now, that means it's really crazy. There must be a certain amount of stuff that like the Secret Service or the FBI or anybody who's in charge of protecting him is like, we actually cannot leak this to the public. Yeah, right. Like it's (laughs) there's stuff that's so bad we have to leak it. And then there's stuff that's even worse that is so bad that like I feel like the only things like that that I hear about are just them being like so much more racist than you could even imagine. Like, um, I heard one thing. But I don't I can't know. Imagine this is true that like <laughs> Melania wouldn't shower or use the same bathroom as Michelle Obama did. Oh, I yeah, I heard something like that. Which is just like, wasn't there also oh a clip God. of her being like, "Fuck the children and fuck Christmas." I didn't. I didn't even like. <laughs> or like. It was like both complaining that she had to do Christmas decorations and that people were criticizing them for family separation. That rules. No, accurately, she's like, why weren't they criticizing Obama for what he did at the border? Where it's like, you know, you have a point, hate to gotta hear both sides, especially about Melania, but you know, yeah. that every statement, now and then. That statement rings true if you remove it from the mouth that said it. Yes. Ayani, do you have true. a smite-worthy deed from this week? Um, I think it's, I think it's kind of similar. I guess for for me it was it was you know most most of my sins deal in thought crimes. Let's keep it real, mm. uh, because I don't, I don't do much as an individual. You know I I I sit around, I play music, I write music, I go to my job and I pet my cat. Like I lead and I hang out with my girlfriend. I live a pretty simple, especially now, not super exciting life. But I definitely think I would have been thought crime sinned, um, or maybe dreamed. Because I had a real dream of of uh, the president dying, not a dream like I'm talking about like a visual while you sleep. Like I I I could honestly care less if he lives or dies from COVID nineteen. I don't think that the universe has uh, any kind of sense of humor. So however it's going to play out, it'll play out. But I did have a dream that he died, and they had elected our old friend uh, Jeff Bezos. Oh, oh no. my God! You are obsessed yeah. with Jeff. I'm obsessed with <laughs> Jeff and Mark oh, Zuckerberg, and then wow. basically like all of the same controversy. This is actually kind of technically a dude. Good just dream. think about how many clocks he would build if he was president. Oh my God! This is technically a good dream, by the way. So I don't want to. It's like not a nightmare because basically something happened in the dream, and Mark Zuckerberg and Jeff Bezos actually ended up being uh being like uh. In front of the international court, like oh. at, at the Hague, uh-huh. um, and being tried, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was being tried for crimes against humanity for having um, a fat old ass. Yeah. Have you thought about going to a dream interpreter and finding out what this all means? <laughs> no, I think it's pretty spelled out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then he ended up being uh, hanged until he was dead. Um, hanged until he was dead. He we never got to. Jeff <laughs> he was Bezos hanged my, to death. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg in my in my dream was hanged to death. Did Looks like it was face? the noose that killed him. Did you see his face go all blue? No, like, it was no, it was like in the dream I was watching the news. Oh, and really? it was just kind of like <laughs> it was like like 
breaking news, like, <laughs> fucking Mark Zuckerberg uh, condemned to death at The Hague. Who is Mark the newsman? Was it, was it Frank Somerville? I don't know. Was it, don't, the, was it our man Frank, Frank Somerville? He's like the guy in the Bay Area. I don't know. Someone listening oh. will know who Frank Somerville is and appreciate that. Uh-huh. Either okay. of them are here right now. Yeah. Right on. So, yeah, that was my thought crime was just I dreamed a, a scenario where uh, two of the richest people in the world and most powerful people in the world were uh, actually held accountable for their actions. Mm. Yeah, can't can't be having that. Yeah. Think about the implications. Yeah, what about you, Josh? Um, ooh, la la lula. What did I do? <laughs> so kind of a couple months ago when it was clear that things were really not going to be changing um i decided to buy a nintendo switch game console just because i thought it'd be a fun way to like hang with the boys when you can't hang with the boys kind Mm -hmm. of thing um but i never bought any games where i could play with anyone so i just have this one game legend of zelda where you just kind of like roam around a big uh a big landscape and i started like playing it under the covers at night really really late at night um and i just feel like a naughty schoolboy or something why do you i do feel this? like a combo naughty schoolboy like depressing middle-aged man because like i'm sitting there and like lana's asleep all cute and warm and i'm just like yeah i'm gonna like ride my horse over here like oh so you, know. you do it to hide from her not to hide from her but, but i just like, think just i was like not disturbed i could either be just like you know like snuggled up and chilling or i could just be like you know, playing my little game. Um, I, d- I definitely relate to that feeling where you're like someone that you are sleeping next to and you want like in theory want to be cuddled up next to is sleeping. And instead you're just like, you you know, you're not going to be able to fall asleep. So you're just doing the dumbest shit imaginable. Well, yeah, beloved. for sure. <laughs> like, I was doing that to the max tonight so much so that I left the bed and just went in the living room, but didn't turn on the lights and was just like s- still going at it. Though, though uh, I did finally pull the master sword from the stone yesterday so well at least you're you're making progress cool yeah should we try to dive into this summary wtf happens what's going on buddy yeah um what's this one called vyatse uh, how do you pronounce yeah, that vyatse. shit vyatse vyatse the yacht the big yacht um i think it translates to jacob leaves because last when we left off last week he was he had pissed off his brother esau and his mom was like, get the fuck out of town. Go By stealing to... his brother's inheritance. Yeah. More or less. Listen to the episode. Um, you yeah, true. Idiot. So his mom is like, get out of town. Go stay with my brother, Laban. Laban, Ban, you know? So Jacob leaves Beersheba. Um, on his way there, he stops for the night and he sleeps on some rocks. And he has a dream where there's like a bunch of angels going up and down from a ladder to ha- a stairway to heaven, if if you will, if you, if you would. So there's he, there's a bunch of angels on a stairway to heaven, and then he talks to God, and God tells him the same shit he's been telling his family for generations, just being like, I'm going to make it very plentiful for you. You're going to have many kids, and there's just going to be a great nation. And Jacob actually responds by being like, well, I guess we, we can get into it more later, but he basically is like, cool, if you do all that stuff, I'll like give you a tithe or whatever. Next, he goes to Haran he, to find his uncle, but what he finds instead is his cousin, Rachel, who he falls in love with. Um, he sees her and immediately kisses her and starts screaming and crying, um, but we'll, we'll get to that. And so he talks, he like, he's, he's living with his uncle, Haran, and he 
is like, I'm in love with Rachel. I want to marry her. And his uncle's like, cool, work for me for seven years and I will marry my daughter to you. So Jacob works for him for seven years. And then on the wedding night, Haran is like, gotcha. I am giving you my older daughter instead, who you weren't as interested in. And then Jacob is like, well. After they've had sex, he doesn't he doesn't realize he, oh, yeah. he, he got swapped. He's like, well, shit. And he talks to Haran. He's like, how could you do this to me? Or Laban, sorry. Talks to Laban. He's like, how could you do this to me? And the guy's like, listen, we don't marry in our culture. We don't marry the, the younger daughter. We do first. things a little differently. We do things here. a little <laughs> differently around here. Um, and he's like, but if you work for me for another, another, another seven years, I will marry Rachel off to you too. So he, he marries Rachel like a week after marrying Leia and then works for seven years is the timeline I got. Everything sound good so far? No, I'm 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 with you. I'm with you so far. Um Oh, so the next is just Jacob having a ton of kids with Leia um and Leia's maid servants and Rachel's maid servants and in, fin- ca- in case we didn't state it, Leia is the older sister of Rachel who he got duped into having sex with and therefore marrying. And she's kind of like the dumpy one they seem to be suggesting. They make it yeah. seem like she's bad eyesight and that Rachel is the pretty one and that but is, they have the, yeah they have like a guitar duel of like who can have more kids with Jacob guitar well <laughs> but and it's crazy because he's he has these he's married to two women and then they have two maid servants so he's like having children with first he has some with Leia and then Rachel gets jealous but Rachel's barren because one of the only buttons that the creators of this book had was make woman barren that yeah. was the only hey, tool. When, you, when you're a god, every every womb looks like it could be barren, you know? Yeah. Every So he just has all these kids, and finally God opens up Rachel's womb and gives him gives them Joseph, who is the magical special little boy. And then next thing is Jacob tells Laban that he wants to go he wants to take his family and go back to their homeland. And they kind of they come to some sort of deal. Where this is where I was going to ask for your guys' help. What's going on with the speckled sheep? Can you help me here? Cause he's it's... doing he's doing a kind of he's doing a sneaky breeding con. I think is basically what's happening. I think when you're breeding livestock like goats and sheepies, horses and whatever, you often will and because you don't want to just leave it up to nature. You know, you're kind of breeding, right? You kind of collect all of the livestock come and you give it to. The females that you want, you kind of just take that out of the equation. Um, and I think what he's doing is he's kind of doing like, oh, I'll take care of them. I'm like, make sure they mate. But he's only picking uh, like goats or sheep with identifiable features that are better than the other ones or have more desirable traits. The spotted and speckled. I got the sense that yeah. like he was kind of preparing to separate from Laban after working for him for all these years. And so he's like, okay, like I worked really hard for you. I want my share of the flock. And then it seems like Jacob is kind of trying to come away with his, but then Laban also, also like scoops up all the sheep that Jacob was supposed to be breeding with. And so then they're having this kind of dispute over like who's owed. Yeah. They're both kind of being sneaky, sneaky with each other. They're being very sneaky. It's just, it feels like a real like business maneuvering Who's what's, got the access what's funny, to- and I know that there's probably under unspoken undertones, but it's like Jacob said, or Jacob is just like, "Hey, we're gonna go later," and Laban is like, "Wait, I should give you something," and then Jacob's like, "Sure, let's do the speckled sheep deal." 
And then Laban is like, like, okay. And he sends all the good ones off with his, he sends all the good ones off with his son. And then Jacob uses God magic to like make the ones he has more better. No, I think he he does the breathing thing. He does this. Yeah. He's like, cause he seems like he knows how to do it better. Cause he's been out in the fields a long time. Then they also talk about him having like a dream about the right sheep breeding with the right sheep. Yeah. I think he's getting yeah. he's getting a little divine intervention in terms of like, uh-huh. hey, get that one's come and bring it over to your tent, and then that one's good and that one's good, but then leave these ones for your fucked up. I don't know. They're both pretty. And they, up. it just ends in like a, a real stalemate, yeah, though, where so, they're just sort of like, you don't cross this line and come to me. Right. I won't cross That's this what line I was and come to you. Like the whatever shit goes down with the with the sheep, and then God is eventually like, hey, like the block is way too hot. You gotta go back to your <sighs> homeland. So he he gets he gathers his family and he's like we're gonna go back to my homeland. Um, oh, and then another factor is that these people are Laban and his family are idol worship worshippers, obviously. So Jacob's like we're gonna go back to the homeland. Well, that's why they're sneaky cheats. And then Rachel's like I'm gonna steal one of my dad's idols, which mwah, hilarious move. <laughs> just spite i'd love kind of it. A fuck you to everyone involved and so she does that and like hides it under a camel or like under the camel saddle you could say under it. the camel saddle yeah. broke the and camel's then, back yeah she broke the camel's back and then her dad well because they sort of uh, flee like yeah so she they, he doesn't they don't really tell him like okay we're leaving now they like, start to flee and then he but doesn't he chase them down and like check yeah. check he checks their tents that's when that's when they kind of have their, their little agreement thing because she's sitting on the idol <laughs> right and then he's like and she you says get like up? oh i uh i'm having my period you can't check yeah. on why where i'm sitting she's like so the thing is that the time a woman is upon me so yeah it's pretty um yeah i think that's basically it basically they leave in a rush and then you know laban this the the father of jacob's two wives laban james show, shows shows <laughs> sorry stupid <laughs> Catches up to him, kind of gives him the like, "Hey, can I like say goodbye to my family?" Right, but, but then also, also is coming from it at a, a pretty sus. And he was also like, "I would have thrown you a party." He says, "Like there would have been music and festivities." Yeah, I kind of don't believe that. But... Harps. And then what also drives me crazy is the very end is they they reach some sort of peace agreement, which it's this like Simpsons ass thing where it's like no matter what stupid unnecessary chaos happens somehow it gets set to neutral at the end of the episode yeah with like no they're just like what if we agreed not to fight anymore like oh good idea right (laughs) weren't you just like chasing each other through the wilderness but also i still i still hold on to the theory that every single time that happens it just kind of creates this cold war between like us and whatever people we make that agreement with it does seem like yeah the uh the jews keep like or the, the the couple Jews, not like the capital J Jews, you know what I mean? Yeah, they keep just like kind of coming into a strange land, having like contested at best business dealings with the locals, and then uh, leaving under a cloud of God magic. Well, this one's a little bit more complicated that like than than I think the previous chapters because I think yeah, Jacob is up to some sneaky shit, but at the same time he kind of his... gets his comeuppance. Like last week, sorry. Well, no, but well, also no, totally. this guy totally. La- Laban is also massively playing on some sneaky shit. Oh, for sure. No, he's like what it's interesting though is he's sort of doing the kind of uh underhanded things that Abraham in particular seems to have done to all these other people in the past like 
you know, switching people's identities, not being fully truthful about it or like, so like, you know, yeah, using when I, I agree. position. Yeah. Cause when I read the line where he's like, Hey, I would have thrown you a party if you were like That's leaving. So funny. It's kind of like, mm, I really like, I'm not trying to be sympathetic to either side here. Like, I don't believe it. You'll read the phrase over and over again where this guy, Laban, asks Jacob, like, hey, tell me what your wages are for the things that you've, you know, you've done for me, right? And I think implied in that is he keeps not paying him yeah. for the other thing and being like, oh, that previous conversation never And they happened. keep saying, like, you altered my salary 10 times. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and I, I would imagine, yeah. I don't know. I remember Josh on an earlier episode you were like, you said something about how like I, I understand that like, like there are rabbis that march with Doc with Martin Luther King and that's great, but I just don't see it. And like I'm starting to see how somebody could like, at the very least, like go in front of their yeshiva or whatever and make the argument for labor rights based on this passage. Yeah, no, totally. This was like the first time, yeah, that God is on the side of like the cheated worker rather than the, yeah. the cheating boss. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't like he was like intervening to like really hook it up for Hagar, for example. Yeah. Um, no. But yeah, no, that you're totally right. Like this is like a sort of like be honest in your business dealings. Like don't rip people off. Also, what I was going to say earlier is that what I like about what Jacob says to God at the very beginning, which by the way, it's in a dream. Like even in our holy text, he talks to God in a dream. So it's like, yeah, that could have happened. Like plenty of people have dreams about plenty, sure, yeah, yeah. plenty of stuff. Um, but <laughs> people dream about everything these days. <laughs> yeah, you guys heard mine. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's true. He tells God, like, like, hey, yeah, if you do all that shit for me, then like, you are my God. But implicit in that, he's like, you got to do all that shit. Like, I'm not just. Oh, I read some some commentaries on that part. Yeah, what's what? Well, they were just saying like it seemed like such a such a doubting response that the great rabbis of history had to kind of take it upon themselves to explain why Jacob basically wasn't just saying like prove it to God. And they were saying like, Oh, you know, he understands that like God's, you know, God's help in the past, you know, like it's not just no matter what, like humans have to be faithful and like do this and that. And so as a result, he's like, Oh, you know, I know I'll only get helped like after these certain things happen. And then another one was saying it was like a belief that some people had that you, God could only, you could only worship God and like be blessed by God in the Holy land. And so like, you know, if I make it back and do this and that, then I'll know you're my God. Cause like I'll be in the right place. I don't know. It's a classic, like you don't, you can't really take it at face value or else it makes no sense sort of thing or makes it makes us not look so good, but whatever. Uh, from a, like a character perspective, I think part of it is also that I'm sure Jacob knows some of the stories of, of his father, Isaac and his grandfather, Abraham, but also recognizes that he's like technically a second born son and he kind of did some sneaky sneaky to get to the place where he is. Oh, like he's kind of, he's maybe not, he's like, lying at the interview. Like he's not supposed to, he's, he's, he's made it past the security guards. He's like in too deep or whatever. Or no, I think basically he's like, okay, so like I'm, you know, the, the, he has a plausible idea that he might not be the blessed son of the blessed son. Does that make sense? Because he's yeah. not the only one. Isaac was the only special kid. You know what I mean? Yes. So he's kind of like, well, if, you know, if I'm really the next one in line and I get all these things, like, hey, I I got your back, God. I also there was another definitely enjoy God more in this chapter because 
I get the, the same vibe as when we were doing the Noah story, where after like forty to one hundred twenty days, God suddenly like checks back in and is like, "Oh, there's a yeah. whole situation." Oh, yeah. oh, he has the yeah. same thing with when he's like, and then he remembered that Rachel was barren, and he was like, "Fuck." Yeah, because yeah, there's definitely yeah. a uh, like reading it that way. I definitely enjoyed that. Like, we don't hear about God for anything, and then God checks back in, sees the situation, and is like, "Jacob, you need to go." Like, yeah, this is not this is not where you're supposed to be. Don't worry. Like, I got your back. But you're you're getting cheated out of your money. Uh, your uncle does not like you. Like, you need to get the fuck out of Dodge again. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, Jacob another keeps... thing, another thing the rabbis were saying about this one was that it was important because it represents like a kind of like a very honest way that most people would be experiencing religion compared to like, it's not just like some prophet who like, God's like, Hey, you're a prophet now. And the prophet's like, okay, great. It's like a guy Done freaking deal. out and panicking and fucking. Yeah. Up. It's like person having this powerful experience and being like, Whoa, like, what does this mean? You know, the ladder itself being kind of like, I found this like really tangible connection, you know, the earthly and the spiritual are connected. Also, apparently like the commentary says that like that's also where the Cain and Abel like sacrifice happened and also where Isaac and Abraham like did their thing that this was just like the world's most important hillside sure. kind of deal. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay, yeah. They said it was like there's some word, I forgot what it was, but it was like the world axis is like right on the spot where I had the dream. Perfect. So we I don't, don't know, know for sure, but that'd be idea. a nice way to tie everything together. Who? Li- I wonder who lives there. We should go kill him. Take it. No. <laughs> we should go Callum. Callum. No. I... Go Callum. <laughs> also, just before we get into the bit by bit, a couple general things. Um, our translation, instead of using the phrase like having sex with or biblically knowing another mm. person, they use cohabit, which oh, is. Oh, baby. Oh, my. What a word. Yeah. Also, there's a ton that's lost <laughs> in translation because. Yeah. A, a to- like, in specifically what all of Jacob's sons are named. It's like, and he was named Levi because he liked to, he liked the leaves. And that's not actually yeah, what it is. Yeah, I feel it's like, like, yeah, it's like, it's like reading Shakespeare with no footnotes. And you're like, oh, like at the time, this was like a really funny sex pun or something. But like, right. yeah. Oh, know. I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. And then uh, also just at one point, our translation says, and like, hey, like when he meets uh, Rebecca and they're doing the whole sheep, like, He's at a well, and they're like, oh, but first we must water the sheep. And I kind of imagined like a farm field, but like a vegetable farm field full of little sheepies. Uh-huh. <laughs> kind of like, hey, Sprinkling yeah. a watering can, and yeah. it's like growing out like this chia pet fro. Like, oh, you got to water me, buddy. Also, I mentioned this, but it says, I'll read the official texts, because when he first sees Rachel, it says, Rachel, Jacob kissed Rachel and raised his voice and wept. So in theory, he sees this girl, plants a juicy one on her, and goes, oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> and he starts sobbing. Yeah. And in my, my, like, I wrote that, and then I was like, okay, well, in his defense, maybe it was his relief because he's running away from someone who wants to kill him, and finally he sees someone he maybe recognizes. But also, he does, it is kind of, it's kind of on some love at first sight shit. So it is, and it's his cousin. Yeah. Just yeah, he's combina- like, he saw her. He was in love with her. <laughs> Just, it's, yeah, I'm a triple threat. I kiss you, I scream, and I cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm really good at raising sheep. I wonder, yeah, I don't know. I feel like he, back in the olden days, there was a lot less, like, true love. You have a personality, you're an individual, and it was more like, there's a pretty lady. Like, 
that's enough. You're going right. to live the rest of your and life it's about together. family like a, lines and... Yeah, it was like way less about the individual or like the interiority. And it, yeah, it was about like the family, Speaking future of, dynasty of, relationship. Of family, kind of I really enjoyed this line um, where basically right after Jacob uh, screams and yells and kisses Rachel and they bring him for the first time to this guy Laban and he tells him – and Jacob tells Laban the story of like how he got there and whatever. And Laban says this pretty key line where he says, you are truly my bone and flesh. And I kind of thought that, especially as how the rest of this story turns out. Oh, that's him that. saying like, yeah, we're both a bunch, couple of shitheads. <laughs> exactly. Oh. They're uh. like, oh, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> that guy Abraham was related to me. That guy Isaac was related to him. And you uh-huh. are related to Isaac. And all of this fucking squares the fuck up. Because yeah, I'm like I'm going to wife swap you before you can even fucking try that sister wife trick on me. Yeah, right. Yeah, should we go? Are we should we go bit by bit, or I feel like we're already. Yeah, kinda... we we can we we're, can we're there. Basically. We can cover. Let's we can start going bit by bit and see if we missed any ground. So we have we covered we pretty much covered everything we wanted to talk about with him sleeping. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he falls asleep on a rock, and his that's why fucking Jews have neck and back problems. Um, is that what people say? No, I just made that oh. up. I made that. Dude, up but the, the thing other is, day. it's like you just coming up, you just like you know shooting from three like that is like. <laughs> What Rashi was doing. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. Um, I guess we could go a little bit into... I mean, it's pretty straightforward that this guy Laban kind of tricks Jacob into having sex with and therefore marrying a woman he didn't want to to do that with. Right. And also just dumps his daughter into this shitty situation. She's like the second wheel. I don't know. Leia it, just needed Leia, Leia needed a friend to be like, "Honey, this is toxic." <laughs> it it really rings with not the same. It's not the same tune, but it's the same genre of the sister wife trick. Yeah, it's yeah. just weird. Like this, this they're it's really like into the like. Hey, we actually live by really strict rules, and I know that you've never been here and you don't know what they are, but I'm also not gonna tell you them. It's yeah. it's this one two punch of of treating women like objects and then also pulling a bunch of shady shit with those objects. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like it's pretty horrifying. It's, it's really yeah, it's uh, I mean it's Yeah, it women sucks. are objects and like we use them for espionage and like right, dirty it's, tricks. It's like Yeah, it's yeah. like definitely bad. Though I will say that like, you know, not that I really am, you know, trying to, you know, find a you know, feminist inspiration in the Bible or anything like that. But I will just note that it was interesting that uh, Rachel is like, we we're introduced to her as not just like some chick, which is sadly, you know, what kind of most of the people, most of the women we meet in the Bible so far are, but like, she's like, she is a shepherd. She has a job. She knows what to do. My favorite part of this passage is when Reuben, who's one of, one of Jacob's sons by way of Leah, it's Jacob and Leah's sons, is he like picks some mandrakes and oh, yeah. Rachel's like <laughs> Rachel's like, Can I have those some of those? And Leah's like, No, my son picked those, not you. Like first she's bas- she basically says, like, first you steal my man, now you want to steal my son's mandrakes. Um, Hilarious because mandrakes are just roots. Right. But a, a, one of the notes in my book said that it might be like an aphrodisiac. Um, oh, but well, okay. Can we cycle wait, no, back no, no, no. a tiny but, bit? 
Okay, no, no, fi- finish your point. Well, no, so what happens is Leia's all bitter about it, and she's like, no, you can't have any mandrakes. And then Rachel's like, I really want some mandrakes. Like, can you just give me some, and you can fuck jo- Jacob for the night? And Leia's like, fine. So she takes the mandrakes, and then Leia, <laughs> Leia like, walks up to Jacob and is like, I have, I have bought you. I have purchased you. Um, and in that moment, Jacob becomes Himbo Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think he does become flesh and blood of Abraham because Abraham also had a lot of wives. I um, sprinkled a lot of seed like Johnny Appleseed. I just want to cycle back. Just this is part. This is an episode in in this section of the uh, of the chapter where basically they have like a fucking war or a birthing war. Really, yeah. is oh, more yeah. accurate between these two sisters who are also both wives of of Jacob. And they're two, like, servant women. Yeah, and they're two servant women. And I just think it's funny that we've been following him and we follow Jacob very closely. And then all of a sudden, for this section, he is just like an aimless dick in the wind. He's just being blown <laughs> yeah, by, like, right. whatever whatever winds are, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just like, and then Leia said, no, you can't do that. It's my turn to fuck you. And he was like, all right, uh, so okay. I guess. It's also like, reflects pretty funnily or pretty hilariously on god who just is like leia and rachel clearly have all this uh animosity between each other and then god's just like rather than doing anything to fix the situation holistically it's like oh leia's pissed at rachel so i'm gonna give leia a kid and then everything will be fine then rachel's mad that leia got another kid so it's like what if i give rachel a kid <laughs> he does it like four more times dumbass well, yeah. I no. That's why I, I I I I'm not sympathetic, but I like the reading of God just checking in every now and then and just being like, oh, uh, shoot, okay, I know what to solve this. We'll give yeah. her a kid. Fucking a year later, comes back and is like, oh, that didn't make things any better. We'll give you a kid. Comes back a year later and it's just like, oh, this is not working. But uh, I it's, can't think of yeah, anything else like right that, now. Um, so you get a kid. It's like that meme that's like, uh, you know, oh, like, I'm sorry to hear that, or that's great, like. For someone who like didn't read the text, the, the long text that you sent them, and you just send them like, have you guys seen that one? Wait, yes, but well, yeah. how does that have to do with this? Well, just God is sort of like not really paying attention to what's going on, so it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you're mad at your sister, right. like over kids. Like, can I give you kids, a kid? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I got these vouchers for a free fucking. <laughs> yeah, right. Also, we're getting a little bit better in the sense that they do the weird, like, you fuck my slave woman and it'll technically be our son. But at yeah. least they don't throw them out into the wilderness. Yeah, they don't freak That's out true. about That's true. And then send the angel slave catchers after them. Yeah. So, like, I don't yeah. know. Jacob's getting a, like, the, the family's getting a little bit better. You know? Yeah, you know what? And I would note more broadly that I think um, I was thinking back to just, like, Adam and Eve when I was reading this chapter for whatever reason, and I was like, wow, we really don't get a sense of what their personalities are like, or like they're not, they're not even interesting enough to be noble or petty or cheaters mm-hmm. or honest or anything. They're just like kind of mannequins. Whereas these people are really people who are just kind of reality show people doing dramatic things to each other all the time. Yeah. And just, man, I think you're right. Just a hundred percent. Jacob getting pimped out for some, some, like ground roots is a nice little flip of the playbook because for so for so much of this like sarah or uh rebecca or rachel is just getting thrown into like foreign lands them pretending not to be their wives and whatever and then this time like jacob gets he gets to get fucked because of a very very mundane transaction well and 
it's this has also kind of put into context something that I already knew, which is I mean in in the next couple of weeks we're gonna read all about Jacob's brothers or not Jacob Joseph's brothers selling him into slavery and having all this resentment for him. And what I didn't realize until now is the reason for that resentment is because he's like the youngest. He's the second youngest. Rachel has one more after him, but he's younger than all his brothers. But he still gets that like special firstborn privilege because he's the firstborn of Rachel, who's like the most beloved wife. So that's I think that's going to play a part. There's kind of an interesting aspect here, too, that I think as much as like an ancient document like this would be able to this seems to acknowledge like a modicum of kind of like female sexual desire and like they have to couch it as like oh they really want kids you yeah. know they would never just admit like the wives just like you know i guess like want their husband or something like that but it is kind of interesting that like they seem like really passionate um and like f- fiery or almost like vindictive in pursuit of that passion but it's certainly more than nothing to like acknowledge that like they have wants that are that strong, even though it's probably like not exactly what they want. You know what I mean? Sure. I also do think it's like, this is another example of why like including different voices is important because I'm super curious, not, you know, because we just don't have any way of answering this, but because it was the tradition of the place that like the older sister or the oldest child, like gets married before the, the younger one. Right. Like, did Rachel know that? You know what I mean? When they're going off on this whole, like, oh, this guy's, like... Well, I think... I don't know. I think it kind of reminded me of how, like, Jacob has all... I mean, I don't think they're twins in the same way, but Jacob has his own, like, firstborn, secondborn fuckery, which one is which, and then Rachel and Leah have hers. So, like, I don't know. One of the... This doesn't quite answer your question, but one of the interpretations I read said that, like, this was kind of Jacob's comeuppance or something or like it was meant to be that the firstborn from that family would be with the firstborn from the other family something like that That, it is interesting that pretty much every generation of the story so far uh you know there's like always a contest over the birthright over the being the firstborn over being the blessed one to the point where it's not just like it's clearly not an isolated incident but like a thematic touchstone that they think is super important to like well, always have people be thinking about how to deal with right they really play up how big of an issue sib- like sibling rivalry is in life yeah totally it's like that john mulaney the first bit about, two the first two siblings kill each other it's like, like the mulaney <laughs> bit about quicksand true, yeah. like it sibling rivalry doesn't come up much after age like how many stories in this book are just adults who have sibling rivalry fucking grow up <sighs> I mean, I feel like sibling, I don't know. That seems like a little, like siblings definitely have shit still. Yeah. You know? I, yeah, I guess. It's I just, mean, not like, I'm not going to smash anyone over the head with a rock, but. Yeah. It's not, I don't know. I guess it's just not as big a part of my life as the Torah. I feel like the part of it is like, born. this was written at a time where like, you never leave your kinsmen. Like. That's true. That's the only person you would have a rivalry with. Because you're oh, not yeah. doing anything else. Yeah, but I also feel like that it doesn't tighter. offer a great deal of guidance. It's just like hope that you're the one that God likes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like here's what you should do when your brother comes to you and like is really mad at you. It's like run away or. <laughs> also, this is this is just slightly further down the line in terms of moving us along in the story. But my big note for the whole section with the goats was uh, super goats. 
super goats? Yep. Tell me more. That's what Jacob makes. Right. Using using a combination God of magic or like genetic engineering? Both. Yeah, I think it's both. I think uh we yeah, we Jacob, have su- super Jacob, goats. Jacob in- does science confirmed. I mean, I think Facebook.com slash I fucking love science. Well, it kind of what what brings what ma- what made it interesting to me was thinking of Jacob as a character, kind of how I've been framing the whole thing of just thinking of these as characters. So remember, this Instead is of like real people. Yeah. Well, and how they're being characterized, but this 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 guy was the the mama's boy. Like he hangs around camp, so he probably like hangs out with like a lot of people who have pretty uh, intense knowledge about being like a nomad when he's a kid. He's talking to this guy. Laban, who, like, it seems like he's kind of like the, the leader guy who might not know much about being, you know, a shepherd. So, I, I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting how they, it's not explicitly stated, obviously, I'm reading into it, but they kind of go like, oh, like, like, see, here's sort of his skills coming out. Um, and then that also might explain why he doesn't really stand up for himself in terms of how his dick is going to be used. You know, he's, he's like the, he's, he's mild-mannered. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't mild. He wasn't particularly mild mannered last week. Like he wasn't particularly mild mild mannered when he like schemed to like get his brother's I think inheritance. He's pretty mild. The scheme, the not mild mild mannered version of that is the Esau message, where he was just like, "Oh wait a minute, I'm bigger than you. I think I know how this is going right. to go," and he rips you apart. Well, I don't know if it's still my. I mean, you can like, you can like trick someone and screw them over and like. Yeah, yeah, you can play it off like you're being the benevolent one, like you're not the violent one, but like you're still. No, I think he's conflict averse. You know what I mean? He can't. He can't do. He he's he not. He is kind of conflict. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. He's not a character who can. You know, when Laban tells him, "Hey, like by the way, <laughs> I did a little thing with the wise and whatever," he doesn't just stand up and be like, "Yo, fuck you!" Like, yeah, what the fuck is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, him and the, like. If it was Esau, I think I said this to you earlier, but if it was Esau in that situation, him and Rachel would have ridden off on a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, interestingly, there was kind of a, a moment that I found both funny, but also kind of like substantive, where uh, Rachel's first noticing that like she's barren and Leia with her um, astigmatism is having all these kids. And then she's like, um, she goes to Jacob and says, let me have children. Otherwise, I'm a dead woman. Uh, and then yeah. Jacob gets angry and says, "Am I in place of God, who has withheld you from the fruit of the womb? Like, yeah, you know, like, like, who do you think I am, God? Basically, right? Which is kind of funny because, like, previously, like, I don't know that it seems like Abraham uh, felt like he had God, like, right, right, right at his, you know, right in the holster, yeah, just kind of whip it out whenever. And like, if anything, the people dealing with Abraham were so afraid of doing the wrong thing that ahead of time were just like, you know." we'll be super honest with you. We'll follow our word. Like we know that you're with God. We wouldn't want to mess with you or your wife. Like, so don't lie to us. And like, we won't do anything wrong. Whereas he's more like to his own wives as all the stuff is going on. Sort of like, you know, what am I going to do? Like talk to God about it. And then Laban is screwing him over. And rather than, you know, having Sodom and Gomorrah, like hellfire rain down, it's just sort of like, I guess I'll work for seven more years. Well, that, that being, it's like more of a remove with God. The being conflict averse in a way is, kind of goes back to Isaac or was it Isaac or Abraham Abraham being like the being conflict averse when it comes to relationships. Cause like 
when as soon as like shit kind of starts to get hairy with with Hagar and Sarah, Abraham's like, "I'm going to the bar." Like, <laughs> yeah, right. I got a I'm gonna six go mow o'clock the with a pint of beer. Thank you very yeah. much. And I guess the the Jacob version of that is like he's he's the object being passed around, essentially. Um, also, I don't know if you guys took this line. This is like the only really like very dark line that I saw that's like, ooh, this is kind of like a horrible precedent. Where basically when they're having this conversation about, um, hey, like, am I God? Like, you know, I can't just fucking open up your womb. And Rachel kind of asks uh, Jacob about like, hey, what's going on with the whole sheepies and the super goats? And there's a justification that follows this, but the translation literally says, Jacob said that God has taken away your father's livestock and given it to me. And I was like, whoa, that's, yeah, that's a, that's little, a pretty blatant, like, normally we kind of have the, like, I am blessed by the Lord, therefore the things I do, while seemingly maybe questionable, are ultimately under, like, right. the guidance of, of a divine no, it's being. A, it's a quiet part out loud moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. where, yeah, this is very much like, yep, uh, I'm actually entitled to this because of God-man, so... And he's kind of doing it in a way to tell Rachel to be like, all right, like, I'm I'm in charge, though, so maybe shut up. There's an interesting, um, I don't know, there's an interesting sort of, like, Zionist angle, or there's an interesting sort of trend that could lend itself to Zionism running throughout this and a lot of the other stories where there are these kind of, like, persistent conflicts either over resources or that are resolved by the giving over of resources Mm -hmm. and underlying it all is like, well, we've got God on our side. So like, you know, you, you, you must be in the wrong in this sheep dispute or like in this thing over there, the wells in in an earlier thing, or there was the cave or there was the other flocks or there's Egypt. And it's always just sort of like, you know, they're fighting over like business stuff, but then God gets in the mix and it's like, on a rhetorical, logical level, like you can't argue with someone who says they've got God on their side. Yeah. All right, let's let's get into the juicy bit, man. What the fuck is going on with Rachel taking the, the idols? Is it just a fuck you? I think it's maybe. I don't know. I re- like. I like to read it as that. I like to read it as the equivalent of like stealing someone's MAGA hat. Like she's just like, haha, I got your God. Hey, do you want to come get your God? Am, am I holding your God too high for you to hold for uh-huh. you to grab him? Um, so it could be that, or it could be, but also, I don't know, some rabbinic text I read, I didn't dive as much into the rabbi stuff this week because I was just really frustrated by all the sheep stuff, really threw me for a loop, but (laughs) it's pretty mundane. Yeah. But something was saying like, Jacob never realized that Rachel stole the idols. So then Laban's like, where are my idols? And Jacob says some shit like... Whoever stole your idols will be cursed in the... But, I don't know. The text was kind of that I read kind of was saying, like, that that's going to come back up, maybe. So maybe it's just them laying some groundwork. I mean, it was a nice... Again, going back to characterization, I think, because they are trying to do that. This is kind of the first time Jacob stands up for himself in that that little bit of the story where Laban catches up to him and is like, give me back my gods. And because he doesn't know about it, he kind of has this like mini little freak out moment of like, Hey man, you've been like stealing my wages. You've been, you've made me fucking marry the wrong person. Like you've been dealing unfairly with me for like goddamn near 20 years. And like, finally, as I'm like on my way 
out to get the fuck away from you, you're like, by the way, you stole my gods. Yeah. But then it turned out that his wife actually kind of did that. Right. But also that's, it's also a sweet thing of like, I don't know, like, you know, when you're more, you're more mad for the sake of someone you love than they are. It's like, she's like so sick of his, her dad, like pushing Jacob around. She's like, I'm going to steal his God. He loves that God. Oh, I like that reading of it a lot. Actually, he prays yeah. to that God every day, and now he doesn't get to. He'll have to find a it new. It reminds God. me the um the spunk in this speech reminds me of when Abraham's like, "Let them say they didn't even get a sandal strap." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like he has his big moment. Also, yeah. it's very funny that Laban is like, "Can I check the camel?" And Rachel's like, "Period, period." So <laughs> yeah. Oh, and she says it in like a really funny way. Oh, she says. She said to her father, may my Lord not take offense that I cannot get up in your presence for the way of women is upon me. <laughs> She's like, listen, I'm, I'm leaving a big, like, I'm going to leave a big, there's a, a big stain on this camel. So I'm going to deal with that in a few hundred miles. I'm not dealing with that right now. So the, the, I'm just going to give you a little salute, dad. And I'll, I'll uh, there's also, they, they do kind of, um, Ioni, I feel like this would get, this gets to one of the themes that you've mentioned if, to times throughout where it's like dealing with outsiders as kind of wrong or lower. I feel like Laban just kind of comes off as a bit of a fool. God is, you know, the Jewish God is like powerful enough to like intervene through generations and generations of this family. And then like these like silly outsider household gods, nothing happened. They like, you know, steal the little statue and put it in the camelback and like nothing happens because it doesn't mean anything. And then Laban, who's the follower of the God, just sort of looks like an idiot and you know, doesn't he like is yeah, tricked by someone realize. saying, oh, I can't stand up. But like, just trust me that I'm not hiding anything. He just looks like a dummy. Um, yeah. This is kind of a a bit of a non sequitur, but I just we never d- named all of um, I never read out the names of all of Jacob's sons. So I just wanted to do that real quick. Oh. All right. Just because I think they have some good names. <laughs> all right. Um, this is an unofficial begat, begat, begat. It's sort of a begat, true. begat, begat. It's a, yeah, he's the shadow begat. So he, his sons are named Rubian, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Don. I know it's Don, but it's spelled D-A-N, and I D-A-N, and I love the idea of there being a character who's just named Dan. So we're gonna call him Dan. <laughs> Dan Smith, BYU. <laughs> Dan, Naphtali, God. Again, not God, but Gad. I guess Gad. Asher, Issachar, Zebulon, Dina, <laughs> Dina, Joseph, and Benjamin. Um, Damn, Joseph and Benjamin get a lot more play than any of those other names, and that's unfortunate in our society. Zebulon. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you you know, you meet your occasional Reuben, Judah, but yeah, it's mostly Joseph, Benjamin. No Zebulons. Yeah, that's what I'm it's saying. It's also Zeb. That- how do you how do you think you pronounce that? Is it Zebulon? I. Zebulon. Maybe it's I lo- Zebulon. <laughs> I love the idea of them all, like everyone besides Zebulon being like regular Bible people, and then Zebulon's just like an alien. <laughs> I was gonna like say I really glowing, picture like long green fingers, like sparkling green off. skin. <laughs> no, I was like, I am honestly, Zebulon. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not. I've never <laughs> really watched the series, but I when you said his name, I imagined like just a guy from Star Trek. Oh, you, you, can I um, can I uh, linger? Linger on something, yes, <laughs> yeah. As long as you don't do it like that, um, you can linger. You can post up. There was a passage I thought once they make their little deal to not mess with each other anymore, 
they like raise this like mound of rocks basically and they just keep saying like over and over again like this mound is a witness between us god is a witness between you and me this mound is a witness this monument is a witness and that's all in the same like three lines i don't know i just found it kind of striking like there's like a couple interesting threads going on there's like the fact that like there's the importance of witnessing as a thing Mm -hmm. like you need a witness like either in in dealing matters of law or like a witness to god there's like this kind of embodied earth thing going on where it's just like you know this mound or or like the bible is very concerned with like place and what it means and like godliness and who gets to be where and like this place is like a dividing line and i don't know i just also thought like the phrase of this mound is a witness is kind of interesting and poetic and yeah no it's not it's a mound you dummy well, <laughs> well it's just there's so many fucking clunkers rhetorically in this in this book that just like this mountain is a witness i was like that could be the yeah. title of like a photo book yeah. you know what i mean? think actually what the reason it's phrased that way i don't know for sure i don't delve into the um we'll call them ramblings of the rabbis like you do you guys do but um i think oh i just clicked the first link because i forgot my book I'm up in Walnut Creek right now, so I just like gotcha. read the first link on the digital portion. But um, I think what that is is you're you're basically witnessing a a sort of like interfaith ceremony, where Laban yeah. talks about the mound as if it's an idol essentially, but Jacob is probably not down with him erecting oh, an idol because uh-huh. he's not an idol worshiper. So they're kind of doing this thing of like, hey, look. I've put some pillars and I've poured oil over them before. So let me tell you what, like we can get a mound together. We won't call it a God or anything like that, but it'll be a religious marker for both of our separate religions that we're not going to fuck with each other anymore. And we're going to centrist Kings. Yeah. And we're going to do it in a way that doesn't offend anyone, but doesn't actually kind of like really symbolize anything because honestly, like that is, that's what a real compromise kind of is. It's like, it's not that like, one person gets to be more right. It's that you both agree, essentially, that we do not agree, but there has to be some kind of solution. So are you saying this mound is basically Joe Biden? Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of a... Can be all things to all people or more likely nothing to nobody. Yeah, I think essentially, yeah. yeah but bas- basically, yeah. So it's like, hey, look, it doesn't... It doesn't technically violate any of your tenants, and it doesn't technically violate any of our tenants. So is it what either of us want to see? No. But the other alternative to this is, like, war breaks out. Right. So let's get this shit, and let's go our separate ways. Um, And, you know. Right, or I also find this a lot more interesting and, like, morally instructive than God just raising an entire city you know it's just like what's the lesson to learn there like you know we're just gonna like blow up the place where all the you know all the like libertines live like that doesn't tell me much about in my daily life like how should i navigate things but this is you know like just like you were saying about compromise like this is like a much more nuanced portrayal of like how how life looks i think it also gets a little bit into like as angry as you are sometimes you gotta let it go because at the the end of the day like even though he's kind of a schemy not super great person i do think that jacob has like some pretty especially if you view it from like a labor perspective he has some pretty legitimate grievances that don't ever get addressed well but there's also the family aspects there's also the aspect that this is i mean it's 
it's all fucking crazy incestuous. It's like his boss and his father-in-law and his uncle. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, there yeah, is multi hyphenate. Damn, that's that's the real triple threat. Yeah, um, triple threat to your paycheck. Who's your wife? Right. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Well, no, that's what I'm saying is like, I, I think that's part of the, I don't know if it's the lesson it's trying to teach, but it's a lesson you could pull is despite the fact that he has super legitimate grievances in, you know, his dealings with this other person and the fact that this person is essentially cheated him out of, of wages and time and whatever, they are able to come to an agreement at that moment. So he kind of just has to like, Again, it's the compromise thing. It's not what either of us want. It's not what I necessarily want. But the other alternative to this is something horrible. Yeah. Jacob represents a quality that I think I was very much, or like so. So growing up Jewish, I feel like I was taught by my grandparents and by religious school and this and that, that like, you know, Jews had to be craftier than everyone else because we were always under threat and like. You know, it wasn't just about, you know, it's like we might not have the biggest army or we're like, you know, we might not be calling the shots, but like, you know, we're, we're the, we're the witty ones. (laughs) Narrator, Um, we did have the biggest army. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. We had the biggest army, including uh, the only, we were the only nuclear armed country in that uh, we were blessed by God. But anyway, um, but yeah, I can see why, like, if I was a religious school teacher, I could say like, hey, you know, like, look at Jacob, like, he's always kind of one step ahead and like is clever and knows how to make these bargains and agreements. Great at deals. Not that I find it. He's not like, you know, I don't think he's like that admirable or anything, but he's definitely a crafty dude. A real Henry Clay. Yeah. That gets to the kind of complicated parts of this, this chapter and this whole circumstance is he's not really a sympathetic character and neither is Laban, but you also just watch them sort of, um, deal kind of horribly with each other but on the surface it's all smiles yeah it's just like like what i was saying in the very beginning when laban keeps asking him like hey tell me what you want me to pay you i think it's very much implied that he has not paid him for the other yeah. thing that they agreed to you that's know what I mean? hilarious I, so you did yeah yeah so I, I think that's that's kind of super important though because it, it also even though he may have this kind of in his nature as a character, you sort of see Jacob like, all right, well, if I'm never going to get fucking anything out of him, like I'm at least going to use his goats to make super goats. You know what I mean? Right. And then I get the super goats and he can have all the fucked up lame goats. Uh-huh. And then every single time sort of this guy who also, you know, created the drama that, I mean, I guess back then it was good to have a lot of kids, but I don't think Jacob was like on board from the beginning of like, yeah, I'll have two wives. It reminded me, you know, I forget what it's called, but there's like that like thing in TV shows where there were characters chasing each other back and forth. And it's like, oh, a little Benny Hill moment. Benny Hill. Yeah. I feel like it was like that, but just with conceiving children. Yeah. So I don't know, I guess, you know, as, as we reach sort of the conclusion of what chronologically happened, there was, I thought that this portion was actually very interesting because it is much like as we get a little bit deeper in, the nuance really starts to like starts to grow and whatever. Because if you compare the nuance in this chapter versus, I'm not even gonna go all the way back, but let's just go back to like what you brought up, like Sodom and Gomorrah and all of that. Like, there's not nuance. It's just like it's the 
uh, fucking Clint Eastwood gods the fucking like cowboy who's just like I yeah. know who's good and who's bad and none God's of the, the townspeople cowboy. can argue have like a word in edgewise because he's the only guy with the guns yeah Damn. yeah totally yeah. I also this is kind of a tangential thought but just the you mentioning the super goats it just is so funny that like this really is a story about like these personal relationships and like betrayal and then there's also just this weird little side like science fiction side plot where jacob's like i'm gonna invent the perfect type of goat (laughs) it's like what tell me more about the goat i know i've done a total 180 and earlier i was saying fuck the goats but no i'm i want a whole nother i want to hear all about the goats you made up a new goat it didn't doesn't seem like god was particularly involved you just did it man speaking of like super hybrids i really wish the nephilim um the giant half god human oh, giants yeah. from the from the early creation story days were back they'd really spice things up or like that kind of just like gothic like demons angels giants shit i feel like has kind of been fading now it's gotten into a lot more like shepherds on the range aesthetic. which actually that reminds me now that we're seven episodes in and you brought them up there might be some people wondering why we're not talking about aliens in the bible oh <laughs> yeah many of the millions of listeners We've been getting a lot of mail to our to our P.O. box. And I'm just going to say it's because there aren't any. Yeah, we've read the books. Those guys are full of shit. Um, Basically, you're welcome. Yeah, we, we, did a, we, did a, we did a great service for you. Basically, all of that material focuses on it just happens to be like that one chapter. And now we're dealing with regular, normal fucking bullshit. So if anyone was really interested in that aspect of this show, it doesn't exist, and you could save yourself the fucking trouble. If I tried to use some of my uh, journalistic training to reach out to Dr. Xavier Hayes, would you guys support that? Yeah, yes. of course. Absolutely. Okay, cool. I think it could be an interesting I'll give you exactly $5. Okay. I'll give hey. you 20 but it has to go to Xavier. <laughs> And let's just also, to be clear, for all the millions listening, we call him doctor. He's not a doctor. Uh, right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah there's we no, call him doctor because we're an honorary, an honorary doctor from Smite Me University. <laughs> um, the first one we've bestowed. From but not the, the yeah. last. From the the, I guess maybe the first one is to Xavier Hayes and the second is to uh, Dr. Steve Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> gender, gender sleuth. Gender genius. Yeah, gender <laughs> genius. Steve the man's Harvey. a gender genius. Folks. <gasps> oh, um, you had to say that right when I was drinking. <laughs> we should. I would be up for a, a capsule episode where we just talk about Steve Harvey's act like a man, think like a woman, I, or whatever. I, yeah, I'm I would sorry. read that whole speaking, book. Is what I'm saying. Of, I'll read that whole book in two weeks for, for the sake of for the sake of entertainment. Oh man, yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it. Um, okay, real quick. Um, I'm on Team Zebulon. Just because oh, he's got a weird name. Yeah, he's got a cool, funny name. I, I mean, if we really want to get into it, I'm kind of on Team Leia, but not in a... I'm more just like, as I said earlier, I want to be her friend who's like, honey, get out. It's not getting better. But I I know that's not going to happen. I know I can't change the course of the story. Given that, I'm on Team Zebulon. Um, Zebulon for life. You know, I... Uh... I'm I'm surprising myself here, but I honestly think I'm maybe team team Jacob. That's just, solid, dude. Yeah. Well, just in the sense that I think he gets like he's just kind of a little shithead in the whole Esau affair. But um in this one we get to see Jacob's like inner freak in an, in a nice way. Like when he instantly falls in love with his cousin and then just screams. That's kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah. 
And then also I do think there's kind of like, there's a certain nobility in the sense that he was like, I love this woman so much. I will work for seven straight years. So before I, you know, ever like know her biblically, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then know, it ends not up that there are 14. so many, yeah, there aren't a lot of great, uh, great examples of what a loving relationship looks like, but this is at least like one inch closer. Cause he does seem to like really care about her, even though it's off the bat for no reason. Yeah. Other than that, she's pretty, but it's cool that he works for 14 straight years. Cause he and he, maybe he likes the way she was dealing with those sheep, you know, watering the sheep in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I've always heard that. A she- I've always found a shepherd's crook incredibly erotic. So, Whoa. Okay. I think I, th- Part of me wants to agree with you that I'm, I'm I'm kind of actually no I think I am team team Jacob as well mostly because it's not his story if you wanted to break it down so far is kind of like a a, a rich kid who goes to somewhere else you know maybe it's just a different part of his his city or neighborhood or whatever and s- sees the reality of like what it's like to live not as someone who's in power and like suddenly realizes that that's how the world works. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't find those people super sympathetic, but I do appreciate their ability to help other people because they are born into resources. People who are like, who go to like, there's a lot of people who will like do like a charity trip or whatever to, I don't know, let's say like Guatemala or something. And then, what they take away from it is like, wow, some people are poorer than I thought. And then they leave and they never do anything about it. And then there are – every now and then someone goes and goes, oh, everything we're doing here is a scam. We're not actually helping these people. The, the reality is this is better suited for a contractor who lives in the area and that this is a product of a world that I benefit from and all of that. So I think it's not quite on that level, but I think Jacob's story is a little bit like a rich kind of privileged kid experiencing how the rest of the world works and instead of rejecting it he sort of takes it as his turn until the yeah end. and the fact that he doesn't ditch the handmaids is, yeah. is a good thing yeah because he easily could have he could have said get on the camel you're my wife's now like shut up leave everything behind well because i think it's also like it is a little bit of a, a weird it's not exactly coming of age but he's a developing as a person right he used to be mama's boy in the camp he tricks he feels confident enough to trick Bigfoot Himbo out of his birthright. He runs the fuck away. He's got no one to help him at the very beginning. He's kinda except on his God. own. Except for God, you know, which is a good ally to have apparently. But then, you know God's kinda, sort of a fair weather friend, we can say. Yeah. He he yeah. kinda he kinda rolls through and he, he learns a little bit he about works the world. It. Yeah, yeah, he works it. And then at the end of it and the and then at the end of it he also learns or doesn't learn, but he demonstrates he understands that he's not the center of the universe and compromises with someone who, at this point, he probably despises. But if I was of, the world's yeah, yeah most boring person, I would write like some sort of international relations thesis about what this can teach us about, you know, real politic. Damn. Okay. But I'm not like, going to. Oh, like with a K. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Henry Kissinger bombs some Cambodians. You know what I mean? Just sort of the real world. Yeah. Hard choices. Um, so yeah, I think I agree. I'm, I'm Team Jacob just because I think he's the first. Um, he's kind of a first human like main character. We've had a lot. And of you know, very what? honestly, stuff, I'm gonna but... I'm gonna amend not just Team Jacob, but I'm Team Writers Room on this one. I think they did a good job. I think okay, they wrote something that was nice. pretty compelling. Yeah, I think there's some real nuance. 
Um, and I'm like, great. You guys all came back from your lunch break and decided to do a good job. Where have you been? Uh, yeah. I know that yeah. there was one person in the writer's room who was just furious that this was included. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, we want to hear, I want to hear just more lineages. Well, yeah. that makes me think, was there one person in the writer's room who wanted it all to be about the super goat or the super sheep? <laughs> Probably. And they were like, we're yeah, that was make... the same. It was the Cubits guy. It was like the really new, it's like the niche that just, you the know, nerd freak. Yeah. Facts and figures, nerd. Nerd. Who comes a little bit, I'm even going to defend that person a little bit, comes at it from a little bit of a good perspective of like, hey, if we're making the book to teach everything, like we need to teach engineering and fucking cow breeding. And it's people true. are like, but Stem. that stuff is boring. Yeah. So now he's just upset because he's like, they're talking about character development and they need to be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need to figure out how to keep these goats alive for the next four generations. <laughs> Yeah, I got to say, um, speaking of surprising ourselves, I I don't know, I came into this being like uh, not being that into this chapter and being kind of hung up on the goat thing. But yeah, I'm going to say keep it. I Yeah. I think I mean I also kinda say seems keep like it. that's what you guys were getting at. Oh yeah. I hate to say it, but or I feel like not hate to say it, but uh what Danny said last week about how like you know, we might think we're like too cool for school and like above it all, but like we're fully we're fully doing what the authors of this intended and like really diving in and like searching around for meaning i feel like i'm in it now or like no matter the passage i'm kind of just like i don't know i mean we're I'm deep pretty... in this thing i yeah. mean we're, yeah, not, we're deep in this thing are. and i just feel like i'm at the point now where it's like i'm learning how to read it right and like seeing yeah. these like ambiguities is like that's the point we're recalibrating our expectations because we're gonna even we're gonna our, our expectations are changing but even given that we're gonna stumble upon a few more stinkers oh yeah. sure 100 but anyway yeah. keep it Saying keep it. I agree. I agree. I, I well, hold on. Oh, hold on. Descent. Mm. I don't think I you don't need to Bader's keep. Ga- Bader Ginsburg over here. I don't think you need to keep all of it. Uh huh. I think. Um, I think if we're going along with the bet that I feel just generally, like most of this God stuff is mm, not great. Like, I think actually this ch- this chapter is a perfect example of it. Is like. The lessons don't really come when when God's around. Like yeah, the valuable true. stuff that you can like pick out of it and be like, okay, I could see how this is valuable. They're not when God is out there swinging dick or when he's like, oh, no, don't worry about this. Like I'll run interference for you. Or God whatever. doesn't swing very much dick in this chapter. That's though. what I'm saying. God's kind of so just like a sitcom a like bit character who like pops in and is like, did I knew that? And we're like, okay, great. <laughs> right. <laughs> God is almost the narrator to a show that he's on the wrong set for. Yeah, he's he old as shit. <laughs> yeah. Um where where uh I you know the so so yeah, I think I think most of the god stuff you can just take out. He's like uh, Bernie Mac in the Oceans movies. You know what I mean? Just like kind of comes in, does his thing, but not really the driving force. Yeah. And he's not scared of us motherfuckers. <laughs> and he's and he like Bernie Mac God is also dead. God also definitely gets the award <laughs> yeah, in this episode for um for like most obvious statement of like right when Laban and Jacob are coming to a, a head and it's kind of really getting to a boiling point, he just shows up in the dream and is like, you should think about getting out of here. Yeah, that's <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, and just be like, all right, that's my little godly tip. Bye. My little godly tip. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think <laughs> keep it, but you can definitely nix most of the god stuff because it just it doesn't really even drive the story forward. Yeah, it really doesn't. The Keep the lads, cut the gods. Yep. Yeah. I guess 
I am expected to pray now. Is that? Or just, or just, I mean, not even, just it's blessed. not really it's not pr- a prayer. prayer. Oh yeah, it's a prayer blessing. would seem disingenuous. Blessing is a prayer with no, no email address. <laughs> Damn. Um, I'm, I'm okay. Let me bless these airwaves, ladies and gentlemen, of the church, and everyone else too. We've learned a lot today. We learned about what happens when your uncle tries to cheat you and you make up with him anyway and he chases you down and he wants to hug you. Okay? We learned about that. You make up. You make up with him. You make up. You make a big pile of rocks. (laughs) That's what we do. That's what we do in these situations. In this life, when someone wants to piss us off, when someone wants to just get under our skin and, and, you know, maybe they're... I don't know, cutting you off in traffic, or maybe it's someone knocking your school books out of your hand. But you just gotta, you gotta come together with them and say, "Hey, buddy, I'll meet you outside at three o'clock, and we're gonna we're gonna build a big pile of rocks together, and we're both gonna get to name it our own. We both can name it different things, and that's how I want to live my life, and that's how I want you guys to live your lives. So." That's the blessing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, you know. I'm 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 shaking. So I'm shaking like stones. stones. Shaking in my boots. What about <laughs> what about the for an episode title? It's it's uh is like episode seven. Like it's finally getting good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>